What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my guy, Ryan Clark. RC, we're in the same place, but not in the same place. You're in Santa Clara. I'm in Gilroy. My guy, we are literally 25 minutes apart from each other. Why did we not do this in person? Because the studio that Jake got us would have been an hour from both of us. That's why we didn't do it in person. Oh, no and way. I didn't want to make you and I didn't want to make you wake up early, DC. I know you had a tough weekend out in Utah, man. A lot that went down. Our homeboy Dustin Poirier got the head kick, heard around the world since the last head kick, heard around the world world happened in Utah at Salt Lake City. And so it was a tough weekend, man. So we'll just do it this way. RC, we were both at fights last week, and I was in Salt Lake City, which I'm going to get to, but you were in Las Vegas. Bro, there is no energy, or it would seem like there's no energy, like a big boxing fight energy. Talk to me. Wait, first off, wait, stop, stop, stop. First, we got to talk on the show. We're joined by Teddy Atlas, the master of boxing. Ryan, this interview is crazy. And then we always tap in the tap out. But, guys, there's no energy like a boxing fight's energy, RC. How was the arena compared to what you feel in the UFC? Granted, it doesn't happen as often in boxing. Yeah. When a big boxing fight happens, there's nothing like it. Well, I think the one thing that happens in boxing is those fights are special. You don't get Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence all the time, two undefeated tight uh fighters, two guys that hold title belt. So you don't get that sort of atmosphere created for you in boxing very often. And the other thing is it almost feels more star studded. It's a different sort of thing. Kind of like when we saw Denzel Washington, when he played Frank Lucas on American Gangster, walking in with the fur coat, you know, you had all of these different stars from all of these different sports and they were so invested into what was going on in that ring in that last fight between Crawford and Spitz. And it was a virtuoso performance by Terrence Crawford. It was a performance to me that put him in the conversations with Walter Waits like Floyd Mayweather. It was so dominant that even though I know that's what Errol Spitz signed up for, that's what Errol Spitz gets paid for, and that's what Errol Spitz for 28 times out of 28 times, that was the side he ended up on. It was almost sad to watch. It was such a dominant, beautifully executed, and physical performance by Terrence Bud Crawford, I can't see anyone ever doubting him again, and he is now a boxing superstar. You know what's crazy, RC? I was watching that fight, and I could tell the difference, right? And the guy that fought since he was six or seven against a mm-hmm. guy that started fighting in high school. There were just yeah. differences in the approach, and Teddy Atlas and I get into that a little bit later. So we're really going to dig deep into the fight with Teddy Atlas, the guy that actually knows more about it than ever. But I was so Man, impressed crazy. by Bud Crawford in the performance that he put on last weekend. But, RC, I was also in a place where the energy was crazy. I was in Salt Lake yeah. City. And, Ryan, Salt Lake City is quickly becoming one of the best fight cities in the entire country. From fight number one, RC, there were 10,000 people in there. And they were I heard you a say fantastic it. fight. Yeah. Party. Nine fights of the 11 were finishes, Ryan. It was packed. It was loud. But ultimately, it led to Justin Gaethje becoming the BMF champion. First, how surprised were you that he won? But not only won, he won by a head kick. 
Well, I think we'd all decided that this fight wasn't going five rounds. I just don't believe that anyone could have envisioned that it ended with a head kick by Justin Gaethje in the second round. But if you go back to the first, he tried it then. And if you remember, just uh, Dustin Poirier was able to parry it a little bit and not necessarily take the full brunt of the kick. But you said it a million times, DC, that even when you block a head kick, it has some sort of effect on you. And for him to time it the way he did in the second round, for it to land right around the back of the head of Dustin Poirier, and for him to lay flat and then almost get knocked out again by Herb Dean as Herb Dean slid in like he's sliding in the whole plate to win the World Series. It was absolutely <laughs> electric. And that's on top of the first round being extremely entertaining, extremely violent, both guys going back and forth. This was everything we expected this fight to be, even though it didn't go as long as we expected. This is what a BMF is supposed to be. And this is... This is no disrespect to Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz. This is two higher level fighters. This is two more violent fighters. And we saw it in, in the most violent way possible. It was absolutely everything you sign up for when you go to watch these two men go to war and do battle. And I think the ultimate respect that they showed one another after the fight says how great they both are inside and out of the octagon. Ryan, you said war. I think Dustin Poirier wearing the red Marvin Hagler war hat is one of the best yeah. uh, changes to, like, an outfit that I've seen in a long time. He started wearing that war hat, and I go, this dude got on Marvin Hagler hat. It just stuck with me right away. <laughs> it was that type of thing. Think about the fight. Yeah, bro, it was that thing. But Dustin, told, Dustin went on uh, yesterday and said, Herb Dean hit him with the people's elbow when he was trying to stop the fight. So Justin, <laughs> Dustin's, having, Dustin's having a little bit of fun with it himself. Yeah. And he told me right after the fight, he goes, DC, I didn't see it. He goes, I did mm -hmm. not see it because he didn't expect it. All training camp, he had prepared for Justin Gaethje in the inside leg kicks because those are the yep. things that gave him difficulty the first time they fought. Justin switched it up. And I believe that when you talk about Justin Gaethje, that performance Saturday speaks to the evolution of his game because mm -hmm. even though he's still fun, he's much more cerebral in the way that he approaches yep. the fights. He's not as reckless as he was when he first got to the UFC, and I think ultimately that's leading him to more success. This is a guy that has 12, bonus, 12 bonuses in 12 yeah, UFC appearances. Yeah, I know. It's hey, I'm good, dog. You saw that? Hey, I was drinking water. I about to lose it. I took a drink. Hey, I took a drink, RC, and I was holding it. RC is crazy. Um, hey, I thought you were Hey, what you doing? Bro, you can't drink water? Oh, my gosh. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I'm tired of it. I got a medical kid. Why are you trying to play it off like nobody can see you over there choking? No, you almost died on the show. What is wrong with you? You thought you could keep going? Bro, did you think nobody was going to notice that DC dang near died I was on the edit show? It. I was going to edit it. I was going to edit it. I was going to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> RC, RC. Oh, my God. 
Bro. Oh, oh, gosh. 12 wins in 12, 12 bonuses, 12 <laughs> UFC appearances. Obviously, that gets people's attention. Conor McGregor reacted right after the fight. <laughs> he tweeted. Conor God, tweeted. Hey, I got it, bro. I'm the real BMF. Don't worry about it. Oh, you got to go ahead. I'm the real BMF. He can fight for pennies if he wants, but I want spirits. I call the shots. I'm in it to launch shots. F. Chandler. You want it, call for it. Conor McGregor knows how to put his name in any spot that he decides to put his name to. But I do think that when you listen to Justin's Ga Justin Gaethje's response to what Conor McGregor said or what, to what Conor McGregor tweeted, it kind of tells you where the fighters are right now on Conor McGregor saying he doesn't want to fight a guy. And we don't know this to be true. He doesn't want to fight a guy who's on steroids. He's never taking steroids, taking steroids himself. And so that kind of lets you know where guys place Connor right now, especially with all the ins and out of the USADA testing pool. But when you look at Justin Gaethje now putting himself in position as not only one of the more exciting fighters or most exciting fighters in the world, he's also one of the best fighters in the entire world. And we've seen him lose to Abid Namorgomedov. We saw him lose to Charles Oliveira as well in championship opportunities, but he's put himself right back there. And when you think about this division, the fact that Islam Mahachev will face Dubronk soon, I believe that Justin Gaethje should get the winner of that fight, and he shouldn't fight until after that takes place. DC, I don't really know where you stand on it, but if you're Justin Gaethje, what would you be looking to do going forward? Uh, title fight. It's title fight or bust for me, right? This guy needs to be able to fight for a championship because that's all he did, and that's all he wants to do. Remember, RC, he said last week, or last time he fought against Fazeev, that it was one more run at a championship opportunity. Well, now that is happening. It's happening right now. The ability to fight the winner of Oliveira versus Makachev. And I think he's better prepared for it now. Because when you watch him in the Fazeev fight, and you watch him in the fight last weekend, this guy's a better version of himself. And he said that yes. when he went in RC, he said for the first time, he had no nerves. He said that's why he was looking into the crowd, trying to find a way to make himself feel something. He was so at ease and calm inside the octagon, but he is the number one contender, and rightfully so. He is yeah. the guy that should be challenging for a championship. And, Ryan, he's also a guy that took a round off Habib Nurmagomedov. So if he did yeah. that, you would imagine he has the ability to go and do the same to Islam Mahachev, but try to apply some of the lessons that ultimately cost him to the fight against Makachev or Oliveira, a guy he heard very bad the first time they fought. Yeah, I think what we're seeing from Justin Gaethje as well is more patience. We all, we've always watched him attack, but now you saw in the Rafael Fazeev fight, even here against Dustin Poirier, a more calculated approach to attacking his opponent, and that's ended up or resulted in wins for Justin Gaethje. But if Justin Gaethje does what we've seen many other fighters do, especially after Conor's prime, and we saw it happen with Dustin Poirier, is take that big fight. Get that big money because you understand the type of eyeballs, the type of pay-per-view buys, buys, and also the type of tickets that a Conor McGregor fight could sell. What happens to Michael Chandler? 
because we've supposedly been waiting for Connor to get back in the testing pool. It was said that he'd be fighting in December, and that was always at least what we assumed would be Michael Chandler. If Justin Gaethje takes that fight against the Notorious, where does that leave Chandler going forward? The Conor McGregor fight will come back around. That There's no guarantee that even if he goes into a championship opportunity, win or lose, Conor McGregor opportunity will still be there. But there is something to that. Because if you beat Conor McGregor, not only fight Conor McGregor, you become a massive star. We have seen it happen for Dustin Poirier. We've seen it happen for Habib Nurmagomedov. But I think he has to fight for a championship. But he has a lot of options out there for him because he won the fight. That leads me to this, R.C., what about the guy that lost the fight? What about yeah. Dustin Poirier? Because Dustin yeah. Poirier now has fought Connor, beat Connor, fought Habib, beat, uh, lost to Habib, beat Gaethje, lost to Gaethje. He's been in championship fight after championship fight. He's one of the biggest stars in the UFC. But now he would seem to not have much direction. He's got a full bank yeah. account, and he's accomplished a ton. How do you match up Dustin Poirier now? Because Dustin Poirier would have to be okay with fighting back a little bit. There will be no That's more Michael Chandler, say. Justin Gaethje, and all those big yeah. names. He's going to have to be okay fighting back. So what's the approach now for Dustin Poirier? Yeah, you know, that's the that's the hard part for the UFC because he is such a superstar in the UFC, in the organization. And it's almost like with the way the rotation goes and how guys can fight their way back into championship contention, you can't write him off. But there's also not necessarily that immediate opponent that you see Dustin Poirier stepping into the octagon with and then putting himself there. And you see Michael Chandler saying, well, now Justin Gaethje has the BMF belt. He has to defend it against a worthy adversary. That's necessarily not true. And then you see Dustin Poirier straight from Lafayette, Louisiana. Shut your you-know-what up. And that's all like something that we would say, D.C., when you fresh off the basketball court, with somebody talking that's trash. But when you think of Dustin Poirier and where he is, it will be interesting to see how they match him up, being that Dustin Poirier is now in such a unique position, much like I feel we see Max Holloway in in the featherweight division. But not only was this a huge fight on fight night, but the co-main event between Jan Bohovitz and Alex Pajeda was a huge fight as well. And we all wanted to see, and we were very interested what happens when Jan takes him to the ground? What happens when this becomes a grappling match? And we saw that extremely early, DC. I believe that Jan shot in the first 30 seconds of the fight, even at, time, get, at times getting to Alexis back. He was never able to submit him. And then we watched the striking. We saw the low leg kick start to take effect on Jan Bohovitz, and he wins the split decision. And we saw even Israel Adesanya weighing in on his YouTube channel that the body language of both fighters after the fight told you what you expected to be the outcome. When you were sitting octagon side watching this fight, DC, how did you see the move up for Alex Pajeda and his first opportunity against a championship level fighter going? I, I thought it went well. I mean, I was very surprised, not surprised. I think that we underestimate the grappling skills of Pajeda because he is a striker, but we got to remember he's, he's training with Glover Teixeira every single day. So for him to be able to survive with Bohovic on his back 
It should not be surprising because Glover submitted uh, Glover submitted Jan Bohovic when he got him yeah. down and dominated him on the ground. So for him to be able to survive Glover would tell me that he would be okay. But I think Jan Bohovic might have been the only fighter, Ryan, that the altitude really took an effect on because he got tired mm. as the fight yeah. went on. And sure, he got a takedown in the third round, but it wasn't done early enough, and he didn't do enough damage to warrant him getting a victory. Now, he he was very upset. He tweeted that he got robbed, but I do not agree with him. I thought Alex Predator won the fight and shows that he's a very capable fighter at 205 pounds. Now he looks to be set to fight Yuri Prohashka for the light heavyweight championship of the world. I feel that this is an even better matchup for him. Yes. To try and become a guy that has won a belt at middleweight and won the belt at light heavyweight. But when you look at him and you look at his goals, right, to beat Yuri Prohachka and then go back down and fight Edesanya again, what do you think of that? Like, do you believe that it's better to become light heavyweight champ than go to 185 or try to go back down the middleweight and then come back up to try to chase that light heavyweight championship? I think I think you go get the light heavyweight championship if you can, because imagine the intrigue that that adds. It's no longer just the saga between Israel Adesanya and Alex Pajeda. It's the saga of now a guy who's a two division champion going back to get what he had already earned and had been taken away from him. And I think now you're chasing legacy if you're Alex Pajeda in the sense that the only guy who's gotten the opportunity to fast track his way to these main events is Daniel Cormier is the only person that was treated with this sort of Dana White <laughs> privilege. <laughs> you know, I'm joking about that. But when you look at if you look at what Alex has been able to do since he's been in the UFC, it is monumental to get an opportunity to fight Israel Adesanya, I believe, in your fourth fight, actually win that fight. And then when you move up to light heavyweight, fighting a former champion in Jan Bohovic and now getting an opportunity to face Yuri Prohaska, which is a better matchup for him. You get to see the heavy leg kicks. You'll see the striking ability and to the unpredictability of Yuri, who won an epic battle against Glover Teixeira to become the champion and then obviously had to vacate it by injury. DC, when you look at this matchup, though, if you're seeing a way for either man to win, how would you handicap it? It's a very difficult fight. It's a difficult fight for Pajeda because of Prohachka and Prohachka. It's a very difficult fight for Pajeda <laughs> because of Prohachka's power, right? He will really feel the power of Yuri Prohachka, but the reality is this guy's seen power before. He was 225 pounds, Ryan. On fight day. He went in at 205 on Friday. This is a massive fighter. I don't even know how he makes 185 pounds and he did it so consistently. But he's also been very lucky to have a lot of circumstances that have worked out for him. Israel Adesanya being the champion. He had beaten him twice in kickboxing. Light heavyweight not having a champion. So he fights the former yeah. champion, and now he's all of a sudden in a title fight. So there's been a lot of circumstances that have benefited Alex Pajeda. But every time he's given an opportunity, he has taken advantage of it. So luck, luck is only when your preparation and everything comes together. And right now this guy has taken advantage of every lucky situation that he's been put in. And so if he gets it done, he can become a champion. Ryan, last weekend you and I talked about it being a massive fight weekend. 
Who better than Teddy Atlas to talk to about all things boxing? We touched on MMA a little bit, but we really got into the boxing, and I sat down with Teddy a little earlier. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays. Well, what about selling with Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch at your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autograph apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U S and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dcrc. All lowercase, go to shopify.com slash dcrc now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dcrc. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. 
Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, guys, now it's time to go one round with the great Teddy Atlas. Teddy, thank you for joining me, my friend. Daniel, I'll be there for you, for Ryan, anytime. Good people. No problem. I mean, I know, you know, I say the same thing to Stephen A. Smith when he asked me to come on, that it, I don't go on just because he wears nice suits. You know, you wear nice shirts, but he wears nice suits and he talks well. You talk very well. Ryan talks very well. Simply go on because of the kind of people you are. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Teddy. Teddy, last weekend was a massive fight weekend for all fight fans from boxing to mixed martial arts. But first, we got to start with MMA before we get into your specialty. Justin Gaethje beat Dustin Poirier for the BMF Championship in their rematch from 2018. How impressed were you with Justin Gaethje and the way that he performed last weekend? Yeah, I was very impressed. Um, you know, he looked like he improved his striking, to be honest. Uh, I know it was a short window, but from from his from his not even his last performance just from his last performance with Dustin I saw a more complete boxer if you will where he was using the ring he was keeping him off balance he knows Dustin's a good punch and he's a good finisher if he gets you hurt and he was doing what a boxer would do he was giving angles he was looking for spots and he was picking spots he, again he wasn't being a sick sitting duck sitting right in front so I was impressed with that because, again, I I saw the improvement. I saw the change. But I, I'm going to throw something at you because you're the expert in that cage. And here it is. I think he did something maybe brilliant in, in a, I don't know if it was all conscious or subconscious partly, but in the first fight, Gagey caught him a lot of leg kicks, you know, those front leg kicks where he was hitting him on the inside of the leg and he was really damaging Dustin's legs. Now, I know that's your department, minus the striking, although you handle everything. But for me, at the end, I know he set it up beautifully the way Edwards did, by blinding him with the right hand, and the kick was right behind him. It was beautiful. But I also think that he knew that Dustin had it on his mind to protect and to look out for the kicks below. And he wouldn't be quite as aware of something above. And I think he used that. I think in early in that second round, he threw another kick. He did in the first round. He did another kick to the leg. And then not that long after that came the knockout kick to the head. So I really think there was a cerebral part of it where he understood that, that you know, that, that Dustin would be prone to thinking about the legs and maybe not the head with the kicks. And I, I thought it was 
at the end of the day, Adora's a, a masterpiece in a way. You know, it was short, but again, mixing up the boxing, moving a little bit, picking spots, not standing directly in front to be a target. And then again, with the thinking about where Dustin's eyes might be. His eyes might be looking down a little bit, something coming up top. Teddy, I got to ask you a question about Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje is one of the funnest fighters in the world, but he has somehow managed to be fun while also winning. How difficult, to, how difficult is it to do that, to not only have a fun style of fighting, but also a winning style as he is now the BMF champion and he is the number one contender in waiting for the winner of Makachev versus Oliveira too. It's all in the temperament. It's all in the personality. You have that personality, you know, it can fit into that domain, into your domain, into that environment inside the cage. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily think, people don't think of it going hand in hand because that's a very serious place to be. Who's, you know, who's going to be having fun in, in that place? But I think part of it is temperament, you know, personality. But there's another part. I remember Customato, my mentor, who I thought was the best in boxing, he used to say to me, Daniel, all the time, when you get to a certain level, to a certain place of comfort, you know, where you can get comfortable in an uncomfortable place, and you have that kind of confidence experience, of course, that has helped bring that about, you, you want to really strive for having fun. That, that it actually gets to a point where I know it sounds crazy to some people because what's fun about kicks coming at you, elbows coming at you, knees coming at you, you know, uh, punches coming at you. But you get to a place where it, you, you have that power about yourself, that, that belief, that calmness, that confidence, where it is fun. Because when you have a power where you feel you can control things in that domain, it, it is fun. You're doing your job. You know, you're, you're in a place that's meant for you. You know what? That's, there's, a, there's a little fun to that. I get it. Yeah, that's exactly what that's exactly what Justin Gaethje is. The guy has 12 post-fight bonuses in 12 octagon appearances. But that wasn't the only fight last weekend, Teddy. Teddy, one of the biggest boxing fights we've had in a really long time where you have two guys in their prime, undefeated, taking on each other, fought in T-Mobile last weekend as Terrence Crawford won another championship in stopping Errol Spence. Now, Errol Spence is a guy that started boxing at an older age. Crawford obviously did it his whole entire life. Were you surprised with the result in the way that Crawford was able to really dominate from the very start of the fight? For me, Daniel, obviously two different levels, but not just physically. Yeah, the difference for me is, yeah, Terrence Crawford has great physical abilities, you know, speed, power. Uh, he's technically solid. His people do a great job of making sure that he crosses the T's, he dots the I, uh, the eyes with his technique. He has all of that, but he also has something else. He's on a different cerebral plane. He, he's he's in a different place. He's in a he fights in a cerebral vacuum where he sees things, he anticipates things that other people don't. They just don't. The, you know. I've talked about it before. You, if you love music, you talk about guys like Louis Armstrong, the great trumpet player. I loved him. But he would, he would hear notes. He would hear things that other people didn't hear. 
And, you know, and it, and suddenly would hit a note. You say, I never heard that before. Jimi Hendrix on the strings, on the guitar. Same thing. He heard things other people didn't hear. These special people, and he's one of them, Crawford, they see and hear things that are different than anyone else. Michael Jordan playing basketball. You know, he just, yeah, there's other athletes that could probably match him. Come on. Are you kidding me? But the cerebral part, being in, in, in that comfort zone, in his place where other people are uncomfortable, seeing things that others are reacting quicker because he sees them quicker and calmer than others. Tom Brady on the football field, seeing things that other people don't see that open up just a split second before somebody else would ever see it. That is Terrence Crawford. And that's what makes him different is that he's he's able he, he's able to be in that place that other people can't be in. And there's very few fighters that are that way. Sugar Ray Leonard was that way. Roberto Duran was that way up until the second Leonard fight as a lightweight for all those years. And then welterweight when he won the title against Leonard, he was that way. And the original Sugar Ray Robinson, he was that way. There's one other fighter, believe it or not, that I will throw that really special compliment to that's around right today. I don't think we realize we have two very special Crawford and Inouye. Inouye has those same characteristics, those same traits. And again, yeah, that talent is supreme, but they wouldn't be able to execute the talent to the level that they executed if they didn't have what I'm just talking about right now. That that special thing that separates them, that ability to live in that zone where most people can't even ever get to. That is what makes these guys special. But, Teddy, this fight last weekend, they talked about determining who was the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Terrence Crawford has laid claim to that. But I think it's even bigger now, right? You start to question where does Terrence Crawford stack up in the annals of history. When you look at some of the greatest fighters that we've ever seen in the squared circle, where do you put Terrence Crawford at when you start to look at him and his resume over the course of his career? He needs a few more dance partners, you know, for himself. He's begging for them. Guys like him want that. They, they, they want the challenge. They, they need the partner. They need Ali needed Frazier. You know, they need somebody to bring the greatness out in them, to threaten them. Even at the end of the day, it was only a perceived threat because he was so much greater than Spence. But that's enough. Just something that, that awakens the dog, if you will, that, 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 Again, threatens them that will allow them to go to places that other people don't force them to go to. Where I always call the body as you, any great athlete, it's the house. And the great ones, they are able to go to rooms in their house that have never been opened before. And they open the door and they find something, wow, something more, something new, something even greater where they can go to. And you can't go to those rooms and open those doors if there's not somebody there to bring you. There's got to be someone there to bring you to those rooms. And that's what Spence did for Crawford. Crawford, to your question, Crawford needs a few more of those guys. Then we can put them. Look, I, I'm i going to give him an in a way, too. The greatest compliment, I, I, I don't throw these compliments around very easily. To me, the greatest ever of boxing was the 30s, the 40s. There were fighters like 
Henry Armstrong that had almost 250 pro fights. They fought everybody. They fought every monster out there. And then you had the 80s where you had Leonard and you had Hearns and you had Hagler and you had Sweet Pea and you had Aaron Pryor and you, and you had Benitez. I, I mean, I could go on and on. And they all fought each other. What a what a great, I will, as great as those errors were, I will fit. And I, and again, I, I'm very careful about this. I will fit Crawford into any of those errors. That, that is the greatest compliment I, right now, and in a way too, I will fit them into any of those errors. Now, as far as, again, to finish up on your question, to put them, to actually put a number to him, you know, where does he fit in the, in the history of this great Old sport. No sport been around longer. Maybe marathons. But other than that, nothing's been around longer. He has to have a couple more challenges. People that, again, will make him open that door in the house that hasn't been open. He don't even know how far he can go yet. That's that. That's what makes these guys so smart. Michael Jordan told you guys that all the time. He needed, when somebody got on him, when somebody challenged him, all of a sudden, then what did you see? You saw Jordan, that you, you thought you had seen the best, and then you saw something else. Same thing with Crawford and the very few special people like Crawford. They need that challenge. They need that bar. You give it to him, he's going to rise to it. You know, Teddy, we were just talking about one of the better fighters of this era, one that fits in any era. That's a massive compliment from a guy like you. No one will mistake the fight this weekend for two guys that will be considered all-time greats as Jake Paul returns to fight Nate Diaz. Now, I thought when Jake Paul fought Tommy Fury, he looked like you would expect the novice boxer to look like because he seemed a bit behind and he was just kind of winging punches. But then when I look at him against Nathan Diaz this weekend, what do you see? And does Nate Diaz have an actual chance to beat this guy in a boxing ring? Because for one thing, Paul does do, he does have some of the fundamentals and he is training hard to become a pro boxer. Yeah, listen, a lot of people poo-poo Paul. He comes from the, you know, comes from the world that he comes from, YouTube world, whatever the hell world that is, you know. But I give him credit. He respected the sport. And and he got a trainer, a real trainer. He put time in, put a few years in now, worked his backside off, learned the things, the rudiments of the sport that he needed to learn. Again, respected the sport. And he's he's a work in progress. He's getting better. And he has raised his game to a certain level where, you know what? He's not that bad. I mean, I'm I'm not getting crazy and putting him in there, you know, with, with guys that have been boxing for years that at a certain level. He's lost his first fight to a boxer. It wasn't great, but he was a boxer throughout his whole career. And he wasn't an older guy. So I get it. But it was competitive. It was still competitive. And you got to give him credit. He's fighting all pros. Yeah, older guys, MMA guys that aren't necessarily great strikers. Their strength is more on the grappling and jujitsu on the on the floor. But they're still pro athletes. They're still pro fighters. They still have this that they they can go into an uncalm arena and be calm. That they can put the fear and all the things that can paralyze other people. 
put it to the side, and they can go and find a way to get to you. He's dealing with those guys, guys that have a PhD in that, a PhD in that. He hasn't gotten a PhD in that yet. Nate Diaz has a PhD in that. And because of that PhD, you can't count Nate Diaz out because of that that mental resolve, that that realm that that is his realm, that that he knows how to find a way not to be deterred, not to give in in any way, not to be compromised. People are compromised when they get into that environment. And that's one thing. He doesn't get compromised, Diaz. So he has that go for but. I agree with you. I think I'm picking Paul to win a fight. And the reason I'm picking him to win a fight is he has developed himself enough. And I'll make it real simple. He throws straighter punches than Diaz. How's that for you, Daniel? He, You know, he's got the straight jab. I think that can control Diaz on the outside. And he's got the straight right hand. And sometimes Diaz, well, you know, he breaks the rules. He breaks the laws in the ring where he'll throw wide punches right in front of you. And if you throw a wide punch, you don't need me to tell you. you. You learned that in geometry, didn't you? Where straight beats round. I mean, even I learned that. Straight beats round. <laughs> so one thing, Paul has gotten down where he'll throw those punches nice and straight. He's done a good job with that. That and the experience that he's gained where, again, he doesn't fall apart in that domain. He doesn't fall apart in that domain. He's, he'll never be what Diaz is in that domain, but he'll be good enough, good enough to, again, win another fight, I believe. You know, for Nate Diaz, he's got he's to gotta be smart enough, but he's got to kind of use his activity and his experience if he wants to get the job done this weekend. If he stands out at range and tries to just box Jake Paul, I think he will have a difficult time keeping up with him, but I do believe that if he tries to overwhelm him, he might give himself a chance because one thing that Nate Diaz does is Nate Diaz can fight at a really high pace and he can keep a really high pace for an extended period of time. I have seen Jake Paul at times uh, slow down as the rounds are going on in his fights, so Diaz would have to really overwhelm him. Teddy, now before I let you go, the lineal heavyweight champion of the world is Tyson Fury. He is welcoming Francis Ngannou to the squared circle, to the sweet science. This would seem to be, Teddy, one of the biggest mismatches in heavyweight boxing history. But Francis Ngannou believes that he has the goods to get the job done. If you're looking at Francis Ngannou taking on this challenge and you're tasked with building a game plan to help him become the heavyweight champion of the world in fight number one, what do you do? What does Francis have to do to do this? You got to listen. You got to be real. You got to be practical. You got to be real about it. What does that mean? That means you're not going to make him a better boxer than a guy who's been boxing since he's a kid all his life in Tyson Fury. You're not going to do that. But I tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you don't teach him fundamentals. Yeah, you do a quick course in it, but you do a course in it. You give him basic fun. Why? Why, Teddy? His only chance is to land a big punch, and he's a big puncher. Maybe he could do that. <laughs> he can't land a big punch. I don't care if he punches like freaking Godzilla. It doesn't matter unless he has a delivery system. <laughs> Enough fundamentals. Again, not we're not fooling ourselves. He ain't going to get to Fury's level, but enough fundamentals, enough tricks. 
give him a couple of tricks in the bag to land that big punch. If he's going to go in there and just coldly, oh, ah, ah, coldly think he's going to land that, no, it ain't happening. Mismatch. But if he learns enough, just enough, that word I used to always use, a delivery system. Because the punch means nothing without a delivery. If you can't get it to the top, Customato again, the great Customato used to say, I was 17 years old. He wanted to drill into my head. You know what he said? He used to say, Teddy, a punch, a power of a punch, the greatest punch in the world, means nothing if you don't have a delivery system. It's the same as a military weapon, as a bomb. If the bomb doesn't have a missile to get it to the target, what does it do? It blows up, makes a big hole in the ground, and when it rains, you can go swimming. Wow. That's, that stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah, that stuck with me, Daniel. I'm not the brightest guy, but I get that. That I get right away. He said, because you got to teach him a delivery system. I get it. So that that is the answer. If he gets with somebody and if he allows himself, if his ego, really, he's a good guy. He's a smart guy. He's he's done an unbelievable job in his career of, of bringing himself to where he's brought himself and his people, all of it. Tremendous. Unbelievable. But he's got to put aside some of the emotions and maybe ego, I don't know, but where he's, he will allow himself to say, yeah, I got to be taught certain rudimental things. Again, not on the level of somebody that we're going to, you know, where we're trying to get to a place that we can't get to, but just enough where the power that I do have can actually mean something that I actually have a chance yeah. to land it on a quality fighter. And, and if he, if he allows himself to do it gets with the right person to do that. If he does that, I'll tell you one thing. I think he's got the mental goods to handle the moment. I do. I think he's made up that way. And what he's been through in his life, everything else, and his experience, of course, in UFC, MMA. And I think he has special athleticism where he'd have a chance. I know people go, come on, Teddy, come on. This thing is a money grab. It's a circus. You know, come on. It's another Marvel comic. Uh, <laughs> you know, every time Spider, every time there's another Spider-Man, uh, everyone goes to the theater. Another Spider-Man. Spider-Man 100. <laughs> We're going to the theaters. We got to watch Spider-Man again against the, the Grey Goblin. I thought it was the Green Goblin. No, this Goblin is great. But, uh, <laughs> but no. I'm telling you, that that is the scenario. It's a scenario, but that's the one. If they could get to that, they got. They got. You know what's that movie, Daniel? Uh, with Dumb and Dumber. You know where where you go. You tell me, I got a chance. <laughs> you know he's like, oh, what, what? <laughs> you, you know the guy, the, the guy, the guy says, what in a train? He goes, so you tell me, I got a chance. Oh. Okay. And so Teddy Atlas, for what it's worth, is telling you he's got a chance. Oh, You're the man. That's amazing. I love you. You That's know that. <laughs> You're the best, Teddy. Teddy, I'm going to tell you something. I never look at people. I wish they could see my face the entire time that you're talking because I feel like I'm just in a class and I'm getting schooled in all things sports and just mentality, man. I appreciate you always being so generous with your time coming on DC and RC and anything else that we ask you to do 
in terms of mixed martial arts. Teddy, again, man, thank you for joining me. And uh, I can't wait to see you on the next one. I, we missed you last weekend because you were out in Vegas. But maybe in Boston, uh, we'll sit down. That'd be great, Daniel. And I mean what I say. I don't say it just to say it. Because of the people you are, I'll always be there when you call me. Always. Thank you, Teddy. Bro, every time I talk to Teddy Atlas, I'm just smiling the whole time. Because that dude be going off. But he, hey, is as he is as knowledgeable. He is as knowledgeable about fight sports as anyone walking God's green earth. RC, but you know what time it is right now. You got to get back to the 49ers. So it's time for you and me to tap in. Let's go. All right, guys, Derek Lewis stole the show at UFC 291 with his flying knee, eventual KO victory, and, of course, his glorious celebration. He did say this was the last fight on his UFC contract. So, DC, tap in or tap out. The UFC needs to re-sign Derek Lewis. I tap in. I tap in for a number of reasons. One, he's the all-time leader in knockouts in the UFC. Now, I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit. If Derek Lewis wouldn't have got it done this weekend, I could have seen the UFC releasing him because he had been on such a long losing streak, but he got the job done in phenomenal fashion. So I tap in on them needing to re-sign him to keep him around and continue to have fun fights. But I also tap in for this reason. If he becomes a free agent, it really does make Francis Ngannou able to really have a big pay-per-view because regardless of what the first fight looked like between those two, if these guys are matched up again in the PFL, it will do numbers, and I don't know if the UFC is wanting to see that in Francis's uh, first MMA fight. Obviously, his first boxing fight is going to be huge, but him and Derek Lewis will be a massive MMA fight, so I tap in. Yeah, I tap in as well because any dude that celebrates this way is the type of dude I need around, DC. You know, UFC, man, sometimes it can just get so heavy and it's so violent and, like, guys are so serious. Derek Lewis enjoys winning, whether he has his pants on or not, whether his cup is in the stands or not. Derek Lewis has a good time when he wins. So I tap in just to see the celebrations. Ah, ah, you won't laugh laugh at me. You won't laugh at me. Now you sneezing. What is wrong with your computer? Uh, Jake. Get us to the next All right, guys, Tony Ferguson (laughs) fell for the sixth straight time on Saturday night. He has not won since 2020 and seems to be on the downside of his career. So, RC, tap in or tap out. It is time for Ferguson to walk away. Um, It's always difficult, right, Uh, to say somebody should walk away uh, because he seems to still have a lot of fight in. I tap in that this is something he should seriously consider. He should seriously consider why he continues to step into the octagon. Is it to win? Because if it is to win, then I do believe that he should walk away. If it's to compete at a high level, especially when you look at what we saw from Tony Ferguson against Michael Chandler earlier, what we saw from Tony Ferguson against Nate Diaz in his last bout, or even how he fought against Bobby Green before the eye poke and then all the way into the finish. Tony Ferguson is still game as ever, but Tony Ferguson isn't good enough to beat high-level competition. And if that's your reason for fighting, then I tap in on Tony Ferguson considering walking away. You know, RC, he's five fights to the title. That was his catch line all week, but now he's lost six in a row. Look, man, this guy's not losing to terrible fighters. He has lost to Diaz, Chandler, Darius, Oliveira, Gaethje, and Bobby Green now. But the reality is he's 39 years old. 
And while he still has a ton of heart and fight, it just does not seem like his body is allowing him to do everything that his mind is telling him to do. And because of that, and only that, I think it might be time for him to either say to the UFC, I will keep, I want to keep fighting, but the competition needs to go down or go fight somewhere else. And he's going to be mad at yeah. me about it. But yes, the fight's still there. It just does not seem the body's able to respond in the way that his mind is telling it to. So uh, I, I tap in. All right, guys, this Saturday, big stakes in the main event as Corey Sanhagen takes on Rob Font. While it is a catchweight, top contendership would be at the ready for the winner. So DC, tap in or tap out. Corey or Rob jumps to the top of the line with a win. Uh, I tap in on Sanhagen. Not wins this fight yep. after the way he looked against Marlon Vera. I believe that he would be next for a championship opportunity. This is a weight class that's full of good guys with with Umar and Piotr Jan and Sean O'Malley and Aljamain Sterling and Rob Dwalashvili. Corey Sanhagen would jump around the top. But if Aljamain Sterling is telling the truth that this will be his last time at 135, Marab Dwalish should be next. And if if uh, Sanhagen wins, that'll be the opponent for Marab. You know, uh, I tap out, and, and here's why I tap out. If Aljamain, if Aljamain Sterling is going to leave the division, whether win or lose, I think it depends on what the Sean O'Malley fight looks like. If Sean O'Malley is extremely game and this fight is tight all the way down to the end, I believe that he would be Marab's opponent in the next championship bout to see who gets the vacant title at Bantamweight. And so I don't believe Corey Sanhagen or Rob Font moves into that spot. All right, guys, not so much a tap in or tap out, but just a great video. We actually found somebody who does DC better than DC. Let me introduce you guys to Harold Aiken. Oh, Pejeda, the man. Look at this guy. This guy is huge, man. Look, I always wrestle with this guy. Look, oh, let me get the, let me get the, ooh. Ah. Every time I see this guy, yeah, sleep away. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see the Man, this guy's strong. <laughs> strong guy, huh? How big is this guy right now? Oh, my God. Hold on, I get the, I get the leg. <laughs> What did he say? What did he say? Oh my god. The funny part is this, is this though. He watches every video you put out. If he's able to legitimately quote everything you say in the videos, DC, dude watches you entirely too much. He's a real fan. If we ever get to a city near him, we got to bring him on the show and his umpire pad thing that he had to make your belly because <laughs> it looked really good, and that's just how your shirts fit on fight day. Uh-oh. Oh, shut up, Ryan. I swear to God, yeah. I'm going to smack you. You know you ain't that far away from me, so you better be careful. Hey, you know what's the best part about me grabbing Pajeda's leg? Every time I grab his leg, he goes, oh. Ah, look, ah, ah. He does, ah. He does that every time. Like, I'm defending, ah, ah. Honestly, he is the man. And now he finds himself possibly in line for a light heavyweight championship. RC, hey, man, thanks for making the time. It was great. Enjoy your time in San Francisco, the, be the beautiful Bay it's area, beautiful. my guy. Close the show out. It's beautiful. Man, listen, guys, we appreciate you. It was an incredible weekend for combat sports. 
Justin Gaethje is now the BMF where he always deserved to be. We got Alex, who's in the light heavyweight championship contention. And my man DC is over there. I'm RC and I'm right here. But we're actually only like 20 minutes away from each other. Wherever you get your podcast at 12 midnight on ESPN2.